Welcome to Conversations with the Marketplace, brought to you by the passionate practitioner consultants of Warbird Consulting Partners. Our conversations with the marketplace are designed to provide access to innovative and entrepreneurial financial leaders from across the country. We hope that by listening to their experiences, you might take away a few items that can shorten the learning curve, be easily implemented, and facilitate financial improvement at your organization. Our goal is to educate, entertain, offer new perspectives, and inspire you to take action. Without further delay, welcome to the conversation. Welcome to this special masterclass presentation brought to you by the Financial Advisory and Debt Management Practice Group at Warbird Consulting Partners. My name is Ryan Sprinkle, and welcome to this masterclass conversation with the marketplace. We want to thank you for trusting us with your most valuable resource, your time. Our goal is to provide you with access to innovative and entrepreneurial financial leaders from across the country. It is our hope that by listening to their experiences, you might take away a few items that can shorten the learning curve, be easily implemented, and facilitate financial improvement at your organization. Warbird Consulting Partners is composed of passionate practitioner consultants. Our team has decades of experience performing every function within the financial management of hospitals and health systems. This seasoned experience allows us to relate with and empathize with the concerns, opportunities, and frustrations that hospital leaders and team members experience. Warbird's Financial Advisory and Debt Management Practice Group has worked with hospitals of every type and size. This diverse experience enables our practitioners to customize solutions that fit your culture, address your specific situations, and satisfy the needs of your various stakeholder groups. One of the benefits of working with hospitals from across the country is meeting skilled experts who are committed to providing the best advice and counsel and strategies to healthcare organizations to ensure their financial viability and long-term growth. I am thrilled to speak with one such person today, Rob Yolen. Rob Yolen is the Senior Vice President and Research Analyst in the Municipal Bond Department of Franklin Templeton Investments. Rob's responsibilities include the analysis and ongoing surveillance of hospital-related transactions. Rob joined the company in 1989. He holds an MBA with an emphasis in finance from Santa Clara University and a BS in agricultural economics from the University of California at Davis. He is currently a member of the San Francisco Municipal Bond Club, California Society of Municipal Analysts, and National Federation of Municipal Analysts. He served as chairman of the National Federation of Municipal Analysts in 2008. I have asked Rob to join us today and share his insights specific to the healthcare industry as an analyst, discuss the issues facing hospitals as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, and provide suggestions to improve your organization's financial position. Welcome, Rob. Thank you for being with us today. Rob, would you elaborate today as we begin our conversation on your thoughts about having direct, regular, and open channels of communication between someone like yourself and the hospitals, whether that hospital is presently facing a financial crisis or anticipates experiencing one? Yeah, I think communication with bondholders is of paramount importance. I've been a municipal bond analyst for the last 31 years, and I've had relationships with management teams throughout those years. Frankly, that's typically a buy and hold shop. So when we buy a 
30-year bond, and we're typically a long buyer. So when we buy a 30-year bond, we consider it pretty much a 30-year relationship. You know, we attempt to be in constant contact with the management team. We look at the quarterly financials they post on EMMA. We have annual conference calls. Oftentimes, we'll have quarterly conference calls, and we'll have one-on-one meetings with the management team. So I think a direct communication with bondholders of paramount importance, particularly when you get in a situation like COVID, which is unprecedented in our market. So you start to see trends that we've never seen before. We've seen a loss of volume. And I think that communication with bondholders is very helpful for both for us as the market and for the CFO and the management team as they go through these consternations in the market. What would you recommend the content of that communication be? What is it that you and your colleagues are looking for in those communications with hospital organizations? That's a great question. We typically get from almost everybody quarterly financial statements that are very detailed. So they'll have a balance sheet, an income statement, cash flow statement, typically utilization statistics and paramix information. So that's what almost everybody provides on a quarterly basis. And we get that through Emma. What's unique at this time period is the disruption in volume has come on a month-by-month basis, and it's different in different markets. So I think what we typically have gotten from hospitals is not enough during this pandemic. We need uh, MDNA at this point, I think is more important than ever. You know, how much CARES Act funds was received? When was it received? How much did they take and book in this time period and how much reserve for future period? Was there hotspot funds or rural or safety net funding? All those things are very valuable to us as bondholders. And the only way we get that information is direct from the management team. So I actually think that management teams are doing themselves a favor by providing that information at the outset as opposed to waiting for us to ask for it. Other information that I think is really valuable is Medicare advance payments. How much LOC letter of credit capacity do they have? Did they take it down or, you know, or not? And then bank covenants, I think, are important as well, because we have covenants in the master trust indenture that are important to us, but banks have oftentimes covenants that may differ from the master trust indenture. So it's important for all market participants to know what benchmarks are being measured. And then I think utilization statistics on a month-by-month basis can be extremely important. And particularly because hospitals have been hit with COVID at different times. So a New York hospital, New York City hospital was hit differently than, you know, a Phoenix hospital system. So I think if you can give us month on month from the startup pandemic, right, March 15th through today is very helpful on month on month basis so we can see where things have come back. We do get kind of national trends and we can get that information from other reports, but specific to your facility or the credit that we are bondholders of, it's important for the information. So I think if you can provide that information, that can be extremely helpful. So when I say the utilization statistics, I'm thinking about admissions, observation visits, inpatient surgery, outpatient surgery, urgent care visits, net patient revenues are all very helpful. And then on top of that, what is the hospital doing about this? Are there furloughs? Have they reduced travel, conversion to telehealth, cut in capital spending? All those types of items that management is trying to control their costs on right now are extremely helpful. So I think even if you haven't provided MDNA previously, I think if you can provide it now with some of the detail that I've just outlined can be very helpful to us and maybe save yourself a call, but 
you know, at the very least, provide some color so we can see where the markets, where you are in the market, where you are in the pandemic, and kind of how you work through it. And what's the plan to get through? Do you have forecast you can give us? Have you reduced capital spending plans going forward? Do you have any strategic plans? Are others in the market struggling more and looking for uh, exit strategies? You know, anything that gives us some color on where things can be very helpful for us. Do hospitals have a Franklin Templeton or your competitors in the market as bondholders in those instruments? Do those hospitals ever make formal presentations to you all? They do. There are a number of credits that we are bondholders in that have quarterly calls, which are great. Some present formal presentations, which is great, allowing us time to have a Q&A session where we can kind of see what's going on. Those quarterly calls have been extremely important to us, and I would encourage everybody to do that. I actually think quarterly calls, investor calls for the entire investment community is the best practices right now. I would encourage all management teams to do that. On top of that, there are a number of people that have annual meetings, or you know, we will meet with them at a conference or fly out to meet with them. And I think those are extremely important as well. So you know, the communication with bondholders is important and takes all forms and fashions. Let's transition to a healthcare organization that is experiencing some sort of financial distress that is putting into question your interest as a bondholder. Once the health system becomes aware of a material event that may be impacting those underlying bonds, how quickly, from your perspective, should that health system be in communication with its bondholders? I don't think the day you do your calculation to see that you've missed your rate covenant is the day you call bondholders, but I do think relatively quickly. I think honest, open discussion is best. I think, you know, we have a relationship. We're generally buy and hold. And I think that if you can communicate to us quickly rather than later on what's going on, then we have faith that uh, you're kind of doing the right thing. Yeah, so if it's a technical default, a rate kind of violation, or a day's cash on hand test, I think there's a couple ways to cure that. You can either bring in a consultant or look for a forbearance agreement with bondholders. And that was the next point I wanted to raise with you. So I guess it's an entirely different conversation if a healthcare organization reaches out to you and says, oh, by the way, we just tripped some covenants, FYI, versus one that tells you of the issue that's arisen and provides detail on the plan for how they are going to address that issue. Could you walk us through the best practices for those organizations that call, make you aware of the issue, how they go about describing to you all that plan for addressing those issues? I actually think that's it. I think that they do call and they do outline the plan for what they plan on doing to address those issues. So when you violate a rate covenant, right, there are two provisions. You either, well, there's really one provision. You bring a consultant in. Sometimes people will ask for a waiver from bondholders. We typically don't like waivers. We like forbearance agreements. But anyway, yeah, you communicate to us what happened, why it happened, and what you're doing to fix that. So that's the human communication channel. I don't know that it's really helpful if you just say, this is what happened, and we don't have a plan. I think management teams are developing plans constantly, and we think you know having access to that plan is very helpful. And when you have access to that plan and the opportunity to review it, what are elements or issues that you're looking for as you and your team assess that plan of action that the hospital has developed? Well, we're looking for tangible goals that can be achieved. I mean, if it's a labor issue, then it's nice to know the number and how they're going to get there. Is it through furloughs or is it through a RIF or any type of 
performance improvement plan, there's a ton of aspects to it. And it's helpful to know some of the details and some of the big items in that plan. I don't think we're looking, you know, if there are 2,000 line items, we're not looking for all listed 2,000. But if labor is 30% of it, non-labor is the remainder, how you're going to get to that is what's helpful. So we are looking for how to determine whether this plan appears viable or not from our perspective. In some scenarios where the hospital calls you with this plan of action for addressing the covenant violation, they may share that they retained a consultant or a financial advisor to work with them. What gives your group confidence in the quality of the consulting or advisory work that the hospital has retained? A lot of us on our side of the business have a lot of experience, and we've dealt with a lot of distress, covenant violations, bankruptcies, sale processes. We've had to deal with a lot of it over the years. And so with that, we have a cadre of people that we think are quality consultants and quality legal firms, trustees, you name it. We have teams that we like and have produced great results in the past. So I think a lot of it is a history with working somebody with somebody that's done a good job. So that was going to be my next question. So you all will provide recommendations to a hospital that you have bonds in for potential advisors if they're looking for those? Yeah. And oftentimes we'll ask the management team who they intend on using. And if we have a good experience with them or not, then that's great. There was one situation a long time ago where somebody brought a consultant in that wound up embezzling from the hospital instead of helping them at all. So that is one experience in 30 years. So it's definitely not typical. But after you've been dealing with enough different people and you start to understand who's really providing value and who's not, then I think it it can be helpful to all parties. Let's walk through a scenario here. You've got a, a hospital organization that's in default in some manner of its covenants. They call you, make you aware of the fact, share that they've retained an external advisor to help them walk through this plan that they put in place to correct and remedy the issue. How frequently, from the bondholder perspective, do you all wish to be updated, made aware of the progress from the hospital and the work that's being done? There are times when we want monthly financial statements, depending on how dire the situation is, and monthly conversations. I think when you first violate and you bring the consultant in, the consultant does their job and they put together their profitability improvement plan. We like to see a copy of the plan that generally goes to the trustee and the trustee distributes to us. And then we want, you know, kind of review of how that is progressing. So oftentimes consultant plans will have, all right, this is month one, month two, month three, as you implement, this is the savings we expect to get. And so we like to see where you are on plan as time progresses. So if it's very dire, monthly is ideal. Quarterly is pretty much typical, I would say, but I'd say quarterly at a minimum. So for hospital executives, CEOs, CFOs, other members of the C-suite who are listening today, what role do they play in one of these scenarios? I mean, they are the leader of the hospital. They're the ones implementing the plan. They're the ones that communicate with us. I think the CFO is typically one of the main people on the call, but when we get in this type of situation, obviously the CEO steps in as well. And the CEO is typically a little more strategic in view, not always, but oftentimes. And so it's good to know kind of a strategic view on where they think the hospital needs to go and where they need to get to, to get out of the situation. So I think both of them play a very important role in communicating with bondholders. I would encourage both CEOs and CFOs to be in contact with your bondholders.
you all interact with any or if at all with the hospital's general counsel or maybe special bond counsel? Very rarely, depending on how dire the situation is. Again, there will be trustee and then trustee will hire a trustee counsel that we will often recommend. And then, you know, investment bankers or the bond counsel can get involved. But if it's dire enough, then we're looking more at bankruptcy type counsel than we are at typical bond counsel. But we can interact with all those individuals. Yes, they all play a role in dealing with a workout type situation. Is it valuable for you, the bondholder, to have you know, a scheduled or periodic call with the hospital's leadership team, particularly its financial executives, to share updates or progress around what the hospital has underway, specifically when there are major problems or major events in the near future. I mean, it comes to mind in recent years, EMR conversions that a hospital has planned or anticipated, any fall down in those efforts and how that gets communicated, or maybe more strategically, examples of acquisitions of large physician groups. Are those things that you all, the bondholders, look for some sort of update or progress or report of sorts from the hospital? We do, and we ask those questions constantly. So I speak usually at a minimum annually with each of our bondholders, and there are probably 120 to 140 of those names. So I'm speaking with management teams constantly. And those are the exact questions I'm asking. I'm asking about kind of their competitive position. Have things changed? Their strategies, whether their physician strategies or ambulatory strategy or expand their footprint or their contracting strategies, their state issues, supplemental funding, provider tax funding, 340B, you name it. I'm trying to understand all that, the transition to value. I'm just trying to understand where they are, where they're going, how they're going to get there. And that's really, you know, when you look at my job as a credit analyst, you're trying to figure out the credit worthiness of a certain hospital. Is this a good investment for our funds or not? And there are a bunch of things that are easy to measure, the balance sheet, the income statement, cash flows, you know, the typical credit metrics. Some that are more difficult are governance. And both the board and the management team are the ones that are difficult to measure. And those are the ones that you measure on your annual conversations or quarterly conversations, however you're trying to communicate with people. So EMR conversions, like you brought up, is a great one. We've had a lot of issues with credits converting to a new EMR and hugely disruptive and where they're on that process, how receivables come back, how's that feed through the financial statements are very important and COVID is no exception there. This is a huge disruption. And how is that feeding through the financial statements and their strategic plan? And so those communications are of paramount importance to us as bondholders. The one thing I should bring up too is there are some times where, you know, I think management teams think that speaking to a rating agencies is the same as speaking to a bondholder. And I don't believe as a bondholder that's the case, but rating agencies have a reputation on the line. We have actual dollars on the line. So I appreciate that they're giving information and honest and open to the rating agencies, which they're supposed to do which I like as well, but I don't think you should tell the brain agency something before you tell bondholders. I think you should tell them to us at the same time and we ought to be on the same page. From a bondholder perspective to find out that a rating was downgraded because they got information that wasn't provided to the market is unjust in my view. I think we all have access to the same information at the same time. So I don't think communicating to the 
rain agency is the same as communicate dust as the market. Put a notice on Emma, talk to your investment banker, talk to your consulting firm, send out the financial information to everybody and update everybody at the same time. I'd like to touch on for a bit. You know, it's basically about how information gets shared and the impact that that has among different stakeholders. So it sounds like when a rating agency receives new information, that may or may not impact the new rating that gets assigned to the institution. Help our listeners understand how you all at Franklin Templeton, representing bondholders, how receipt of new information gets processed internally, how that impacts the assessment of the organization's position as part of your investment strategy. So we rate everything internally, much like the agencies do. So we are coming up with what we think should the value of these bonds should be based on our internal evaluation. So much like an agency that comes out with their A-plus rating, we come out with what we think it should be rated and where it should be priced similar to other credits. You know, we have pricing services that price the bond daily. So if information changes, that information needs to be communicated to the proper channels and the bond has to be priced accurately. We receive that information then make a determination based on where we think that rating should be or where the value should be based on the information we have. So when that information comes to us, that's when we're making those assessments and those determinations. To a couple of minutes ago, you talked about governance and the assessment of governance and what that means for the bondholders position in the organization. How do you all assess the effectiveness of governance at a healthcare organization and how does that impact the perception of that? security in your investment portfolio? Well, the governance, I think, has traditionally just been the board members, right? But we look at governance as both the board and the management team. And we are able to assess management's experience and their history of success or history of meeting targets, budgets, forecasts. And so that's how we look at the management team. From a board perspective, it's harder. We look at the names, the experiences, where they're from, why they're on board. We generally don't have any contact with the board of directors until there's a huge disruption or a huge issue. And at times, if we're headed near bankruptcy, then the board usually does have some communication with bondholders. But that is typically when things are very dire, when we actually have meetings, communication with the board. For the most part, our communication is with management. And we assess that based on a history of working with management teams. And so this communication helps us kind of determine where we think the quality management is. Let's spend a few of our final minutes together today talking about bankruptcy. So I think since 2010, there's been over 100 hospital organizations that have filed for bankruptcy of the different chapters and varieties across the country. How does that relationship change between the bondholder group and the hospital organization when a bankruptcy becomes the dynamic that the parties are faced with? And what is your group's role inside of the bankruptcy? So we've had very few bankruptcies in our portfolios. But when we have had bankruptcies, the goal would be that everybody's on the same page, that if the hospital needs to merge or isn't viable on its own and needs to figure out a strategic plan on how to deal with this, then oftentimes a sale process will ensue. And that may happen in or outside of bankruptcy. If we're all on the same page, then it's relatively easy. I mean, it's never pleasant, never that easy, but at least everybody is looking at the same venue to get out of bankruptcy, as which is a sale process. There have been times where management does not think that the best exit is through a sale process, and that can get a little more difficult. 
those are really one-off transactions for the most part. I think by the time we're in this dire situation, people have gone through turnaround consultants. They've gone through any type of plan they've tried to put together to stave off bankruptcy. And now we're in the last resort. So I think for the most part, by the time we get there, most people are kind of on the same page. So we finished today. would like to ask you, what are three things that you would like our listeners today to know? You know, knowing that our listeners are hospital executives that may have financial challenges coming out of COVID. From your perspective as a bondholder, what are some parting thoughts of wisdom that you'd like to share with, with our listeners? I would say communicate with your bondholders quickly and often. I think that communication is what helps all parties involved. I would say disclose in your MDNA what your CARES Act funds is, what your Medicare advance payments are, what your COVID experience is. So if you communicate that to us, then we can understand where you are in that process. Those are really the two biggest. And then have a call with bondholders. You know, schedule an annual call or a quarterly call or Give bondholders a quick update. We want to know your strategic plan, where you're going from here. And I think if you can communicate that, that builds a lot of credibility in the bondholder community. So, and I think the best way to do that is through an annual call or a quarterly call or some sort of call where we have the ability to ask questions and you can answer our questions. So I'd say those are probably the three biggest. Well, Rob, thank you very much for today's discussion and your thoughtful answers. I'm confident that what you've shared with us is going to help our listeners provide some insights, thoughts, and generate some helpful suggestions that they can take back to their hospital or health system and use to the advantage of the organization as they manage issues related to debt in this time of crisis. Listeners, if you have any questions or want to learn more from Rob and how he might help your situation, I encourage you to reach out to him. His contact detail is listed in the presentation, but for those of you listening to today's conversation, Rob can be reached by email at ryoland, Y-O-L-L-A-N-D, at frk.com. I'm your host, Brian Sprinkle. Uh, You can reach me at crsprinkle at warbirdcp.com. This concludes our session today with our guest, Rob Yolen from Franklin Templeton. On behalf of Rob and Warbird, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for joining this special Conversations with the Marketplace Masterclass session provided to you as part of the Warbird Consulting Partners Educational Series for Hospitals and Health Systems. Be blessed. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations with the Marketplace. If you have any questions about this topic, suggestions for a future podcast, or questions in general, please email us at jbain at warbirdcp.com. That's J-B-E-H-N at W-A-R-B-I-R-D-C-P dot com. Our goal is to provide content that is meaningful and represents your needs. Please visit our website at www.warbirdconsulting.com, where you can contact us directly, receive industry updates, and gain access to on-demand webinars. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen, and leave us a five-star review. We hope this podcast provided new perspectives and most importantly, prompts you to take action. 
We want Conversations with the Marketplace to be your go-to healthcare financial management podcast. Please come back soon and join us for another episode in our educational series for hospitals and hospital systems. Until then, stay well, be entrepreneurial, and take action.